Welcome to the Magic Valley Bible Church Sermon Podcast. Magic Valley Bible Church has been serving the Magic Valley for 20 years and is located at the corner of Gooding and Main Street in downtown Twin Falls, Idaho. Our service starts at 9 a.m. and is streamed live on our YouTube channel. For more information, please visit us on the web at www.mvbibletf.org or Facebook at facebook.com slash mvbible or YouTube at youtube.com slash mvbible. Magic Valley Bible Church, built on God's Word. service where we keep all the kids together as we corporately come as a body of Christ and give thanks to the mighty things that God has done. If you have your your Bibles, turn to Psalm 18. This is going to be where we'll dive into some scripture. But like I say, this morning, jumping out of the exposition of the Gospel of Mark, we are uh, diving into this whole issue of um, thankfulness. What does it mean to be thankful? And so if this is your first Thanksgiving service with us, we think you're in for a special treat. We're looking for you to be encouraged by, by all things that God is doing and, and continues to do as each one um, testifies. We desire to give him praise, testify of his goodness, his kindness, so many things to, to be thinking of and what he's done over our lives this past year. And so you're going to have that chance to express. And I think maybe to some degree that's, that's missed in today's churches. Just an opportunity to stand up and give praise. Hopefully you're doing that with some interaction with one another, just continuing to focus in on the goodness and kindness of God. The psalm that we turn to will, of course, set our hearts on a course and develop an attitude of gratitude. It's one of those things where throughout the Scriptures... There's a constant call to praise. There's a constant cause to be thankful. And it, when you think about your, even just your salvation, you, you well up with gratitude. All that Christ has done for you. You think about the interactions that you have with life and, and how God has shown his hand mightily and, and you want to give praise. So I, th- I think to some degree, there's a level of gratitude that we all get. Uh, we know that when we come to Christ, that we are caused within our souls in light of salvation in Christ. It causes us to, to praise. But this morning, I want to just kind of reach it into an area that maybe you haven't really thought of. And that is even in the trials of life, we are called you praise. I think of this past year and, and, and many within our body losing loved ones and the trials that, that they find themselves in and things that, that have happened and, and lost of loved ones. And in the midst of those things, God is able to teach us greater things about how great He is that causes us to praise Him. So, with that in mind, I, I want to pray and, and we'll dive into this. But Lord, we do thank you for the day to have our hearts settle even in the midst of the most difficult days that we find ourselves in. We know that we are a people without hope if we don't know Jesus. Christ, you 
solidify our foundation. You give us life. You forgive us of our sins. You, you give us hope in the midst of it all. And it causes us to, to praise you. And we do that out of delight, not out of duty. We, we do it out of, of, of gratitude, of praise, of, of just of, of wonderment of all that you continue to do. And so, Spirit, I, I pray that you would have your way with our hearts as we, we gather our thoughts on this issue of thankfulness and gratitude. We, we pray, Lord, that it would cause us to spill over in what we say as we corporately give you praise. So you may receive all that, all the glory. We know your hand is mighty, continues to move, and we rejoice in that. And so we pray these things, knowing that you'll be with your servant and your people. And so we love you in Jesus' name. Amen. As you well know, we have a a little five-year-old in our home, and, and I forget about those days where when they go to school and they, they, they talk about turkey and, and they never talk about cranberry sauce, by the way. But they talk about giving thanks. And our little five-year-old was able to come home and give us a little spill of the meal that they had. And, and, and I was asking her about Thanksgiving. And she told me a little bit about the Indians and the meal and all this kind of stuff. And it's just a, a delightful thing. But I'm reminded of the, of the start of Thanksgiving, which much more was bought out of hardship and trials. I think it's well and good to be thankful for the harvest and everything that God provides. And, and yet behind the scene, there's, there's this, this trial that continued to happen when we think about Thanksgiving. History tells us on September 16, 1620, two ships set sail from Plymouth, England. We know the name of one of them, at least, the Mayflower. The other one was the Speedwell. The Speedwell, the reason we don't necessarily hear much about it is because it encountered much difficulty as they began their journey, springing many leaks in the ship. They had to combine the two ships together so that they could head to the New World. So, with already 60 passengers on the Mayflower, they, they, they joined... 42 of them with a crew of 30 that they were aboard the Mayflower just cramped on one ship. It is said of the 102 passengers on board the Mayflower, the majority were devout Christians. They were coming to America to shake loose from the bonds of the Church of England so that they could rightly worship God according to the Scriptures. And with great excitement and expectations, they set sail to the new land. It wasn't long before the trip became difficult, and you can imagine in those days, for several reasons. It's noted by William Bradford, an historian on the Mayflower. He says, many of the passengers became seasick as huge waves would crash over the deck of the ship. The nights were cold, damp, and dark. There was, of course, no electricity, no plumbing. There was even, to make matters worse, there was a a pessimistic traveler who would look at the the individuals who were sick, he would constantly curse them, according to Bradford's account, saying that he was going to throw them overboard and steal all their possessions. But I love this little account Bradford records. It says, but it pleased God before they came half seas over, 
quoting him here, to smite the young man with a grievous disease in which he died in a desperate manner. And so he himself was the first thrown overboard. Thus his cruise, curses light on his own. I mean, you just think about what has happened there, and he makes a note of it. But their problems were far from over. There was more that they encountered, fierce storms. As a matter of fact, there were, were two babies born in this journey. So fierce was the storms that even one of the beams eventually cracked, which brought great startling cries of what is next. Is the ship going to hold? Are we going to sink to the bottom, which the, the master of the ship assured that the vessel was strong, just needed to be put back together? And so they hoisted the beam back into place and they screwed it together with whatever they had. And upon raising the beam, they are quoted as saying, they committed themselves to the will of God and started praying. These 100 people, cold, wet, on a wooden ship in the middle of the ocean, put their hope and trust in the living God's hands. We know that the battered ship finally came within sight of Cape Cod on November 19, 1620. Two had died at sea. Like I said, two had given birth. The pilgrims scanned the shoreline. They, they saw the woodlands. After all of this, William Bradford writes this, after long beatings at sea, they fell with that land which is called Cape Cod, and they were joyful. Before going ashore, they decided to write a document known as the Mayflower Compact. At the heart of the compact lay an undisputed conviction that, that God must be at the center of all law and order. And the law without a, a moral base is really no law at all. And so they wrote this, this, this compact to, to govern their hearts, recognizing that, that God was kind in their, their, their deliverance. The day the pilgrims signed the Mayflower Compact, according to William Bradford, they came to anchor in the bay, which was a good harbor, according to himself, and they blessed the God of heaven who brought them over the fast and furious ocean into sea of trouble. They read from the Geneva Bible, saying, let them therefore praise the Lord because he is good and his mercies endure forever. I think you and I both understand that when in the midst of hardship, in the midst of life, God becomes all the more real to us. His kindness, his hand is shown, his sovereign grace. Bradford understood the sovereign grace in his life and over the people's lives. He understood God's providence in the midst of life. And I think too often, though we like to give praise when it's easy, do we give praise when it is difficult? When trials happen. Like I said, we usually picture that first Thanksgiving in America as a time when the pilgrims and Indians got together and had a meal. But really at the heart of it was adversity. Where lives were cost, ship was destroyed. Yet men and women were on their knees giving thanks. 
Thanksgiving is about praising and thanking God. Amen? Especially delivering us out of the storms of life. It's about having a solid footing on, on, on the rock who is higher than I. It's understanding that God is my strength, my hope, and my refuge. Thankfulness is an attitude. And of course, the beauty of the Christian is that our thankfulness has a subject. It has an object. And that, of course, being the living God himself. Thankfulness is a hard attitude that affects your understanding of what God is doing in your life, and it gives him all the glory and praise, even when life is not going well. 1 Thessalonians 5.18, it says, In everything, give thanks, for this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. Salvation is, it rots thanksgiving in your soul. This is God's will that you give thanks in all things. That in every situation, there is a cause to be rejoicing, even in the good and even in the bad. Thankfulness, gratitude, can be defined as a a natural expression of thanks in response to the love that God has for us. I mean, when you take a, just a litany tour through the Old Testament, you can study this. In the Old Testament, gratitude or thankfulness to God was the only condition in, in which life could be enjoyed. In other words, you lived in it. Israel understood that. The Christian needs to understand that. For Jews, every aspect of creation provided evidence of God's lordship, and that is true for us. I think of Psalm 33, 6 through 9, where it says, By the word of the Lord, the heavens were made, and by the breath of his mouth, all of their host. He gathers the waters of the sea together as, as a heap. He lays up the deeps and storehouses. Let all the earth fear the Lord. Let all the inhabitants of the world stand in awe of him. For he spoke, and it was done. He commanded, and it stood fast. When they receive good news, they, they thank God for his goodness and his great deeds. I think of 1 Chronicles 16, 8 through 11, where it says, Oh, give thanks to the Lord. Call upon his name. Make known his deeds among the peoples. Sing to him. Sing praises to him. Speak all of his wonders. Glory in his holy name. Let the heart of those who seek the Lord be glad. Seek the Lord in his strength. Seek his face Continually. And when they received bad news, guess what? They gave thanks. Trusting that he was a just God. I think of Job 1, verse 21, where Job says, Naked I come from my mother's womb, and naked I shall return there. The Lord gave, and the Lord has taken away. Blessed be the name of the Lord. No matter what the situation, no matter what life is, the Lord's people thank God for his faithfulness. To his covenant promises, you think about all the things that they were thankful for. Their deliverance often is seen in the scriptures. They were thankful for for the forgiveness of sins, for answer to prayers, the compassion towards the weak and the sick and afflicted. I mean, it's throughout the pages of scriptures. Gratitude or thankfulness was such a vital part of the Israelites that pervaded most ceremonies and customs. All their festivals was looking to God and, his, and their gratitude towards him. 
I mean, there's shouts of joy through the Psalms. You think about the songs of praise and, and the music that accompanied it, and everything was, was just building up with this act of worship. And we can say that Thanksgiving is an act of worship. Let me sum it up this way. If you're here this morning and you love Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, it is commanded of you to give him praise. To give him thankfulness. I get it. The flesh wants to whine and grumble of the things that we don't have. But look at all the things that you do have. I'm mindful of a quote that Helen Keller gave one time where she was talking about, somebody was asking her, are are, are you saddened by the fact that you don't have a lot of functionality? She goes, listen, I don't have time to look at what I don't have. I'm, I'm more concerned about what I do have. All this sets us up to, to Psalm 18. Like I say, this is more just a skimming of, of, of priming the hearts to, to be able to rejoice in God's goodness and kindness with one another. But if you look at this, look what David says in verse 1 through 3. It says, I love you, Lord. I love you, O Lord, my strength. The Lord is my rock and my fortress, my deliverer, my God, my rock, in whom I take refuge. My shield and the horn of my salvation, my stronghold, I call upon the Lord who is worthy to be praised, and I am saved from my enemies. Nine times, personal pronoun, he says, my Lord, my God, my Savior, my, I mean, he just throws it out. My fortress, my deliverer. I mean, you can sense that David had this personal relationship with with God Almighty, and he did. And so do you if you know Christ as your Lord and Savior. David is emphasizing here this personal relationship that he has with God. And in the midst of life, and if you look above Psalm 18, you have in the subscript all the, the situation in which he pins this. It says there, a psalm of David, the servant of the Lord, who spoke to the Lord the words of this song in the day that the Lord delivered him from the hand of all of his enemies and from the hand of Saul. You know that. David was often in conflict. He was afflicted much. He even had his son going after his head. And yet he, instead whines, looks at the goodness and the kindness of God. And the only reason that he can do that is because he knew Yahweh. He was thankful. He was thankful for, for, for the reality of, of the Lord being his, his rock. And I guess the, it's, it's suffice to say to stop here and just ask a quick heart question in your soul. Let me ask you this, and then you've got a blank page in your bulletin. I mean, are you thankful for the relationship that you have in Christ? And if so, why? What's so magnificent about Christ? Well, you and I both know there's much to be praiseworthy of our Lord and our Savior. But do we stop in the midst of the day and give him thanks? The one who provides, the one who protects. Are you thankful for this personal relationship that you have in Christ Jesus to the living and only living God? 
David's first words out of his, out of his mouth, it says, I love you, O Lord, my strength. He recognizing that life is not about himself, that he has to rely and walk in the strength of God himself. And how often does a shepherd do that for us? In the midst of great trials, he carries us, holds us, embraces us. The power of that relationship, the power of our God, rests in God's power alone and not ours. I mean, we see that, and often God gives a situation where we learn that, but we see it throughout the scripture that God teaches his people to depend on him through various circumstances. And all to learn that lesson quick, that his ways are good. This truth is a balm to our soul that we can have hope and we have peace in the midst of whatever life is throwing at us. Beloved, are you thankful that God is your strength and everything he does depends on him and not you? I think it's kind of interesting just in looking at this, in the Hebrew, this idea and what David has in mind here, when he says in verse 2, the Lord is my rock, he's saying that God is, is the place of my stability, that I can climb on top of it and my enemies might be, surround me, but they will not touch me. Has the idea of standing on a rock above your enemies and then trying to get at you, but they are always out of reach. The Lord is my rock. Paul said it this way in Romans chapter 8, verse 38. He says, For I am convinced that neither death, nor life, nor angels, nor principalities, nor things present, nor things to come, nor powers, nor height, nor depth, nor any other created thing will be able to separate us from the love of God, which is in Christ Jesus our Lord. My God, my rock. David also says that he is our fortress. When you think about a fort and stability of it, to be able to keep out the enemies, it was a place of safety, of refuge. David says in Psalm 125, 1 through 2, he says, Those who trust in the Lord are as Mount Zion, which cannot be moved, but abides forever. As the mountains surround Jerusalem, so the Lord surrounds his people from this time forth and forevermore. You realize that our God is the barrier between all the evil that's out there. He never sleeps, he never slumbers. And yet he allows you to rest your head at night, knowing that he is sovereignly in control. Does that cause you to praise? I think it's important to understand that with all the personal pronouns that we see in these, these first three verses, I mean, it's safe to say if you don't know Christ, you're not in that protection. However, if you are, that truth is yours. David abided in God, and the call is for, for us to do the same. 
We must live out what it means to be a follower of Christ and rest in his provisions and his care as the great shepherd does. He goes on to say, he's my deliverer. God is my deliverer. Many times God delivered David. We know that, right? He delivered him from Goliath. We we just make a list, right? From Saul, according to the Psalm, from a lion, from the Philistines, even his own son. You think about all the things that David went through, and yet he understood that God is the one who delivered him out of all those situations. So much so, if we were to jot our eyes down to verse 17 of the Psalm, Psalm 18, he says, he delivered me from my strong enemy. And from those who hated me, for they were too mighty for me. They confronted me in the day of my calamity, but the Lord was my stay. Verse 19, he brought me forth also in a broad place. He rescued me because he delighted in me. Which is pretty remarkable. We sang a song that his mercy is more. Though our sins are many, his mercy is more. David understood that in the midst of of his sins that are recorded for us throughout the scriptures, he understood that his mercy was more. Our God is the God of deliverance, beloved. He delights in protecting that which is his. He's able to deliver them out of situations And the greatest delivery he's ever done is to save your soul. I mean, you think about his ability to deliver the sinner from the hands of his enemies, from eternal death and hell, and restore him and reconcile him and draw him into the family of God is just remarkable. I guess my question is, are you thankful? I think you are. I think you understand that, that even in the midst of life, there's much to be thankful for. Even the unknown, our tomorrows, we have no idea what's going to happen tomorrow. But are we thankful in the present? Knowing that God is going to direct our steps even though man has a plan. Are you a grateful people? I would encourage you to continue to read this psalm. He he gives great reasons of why this is so important in his heart that he could praise the Lord in all seasons of life. And so the question is, what are you thankful for? And I pray that you would rise up and just speak of the great things that God is doing in your life. This is the time where the preacher shuts up and allows the people to stand and rejoice in God's goodness and kindness. From the mouth of babes to the seasoned saint, everything in between, the, the, the thoughts of all that God is doing within our lives, Oh yeah, maybe in the circle of our friends, they hear of the greatness of our God. But corporately, I think it's one of the joys of of being a shepherd is is that God is kind to give the shepherd ears to hear as people give praise 
that that doesn't often find its way in the body's life, the church life. But what are you thankful for? And what do your lips say about God's greatness? That needs to be said. What I'd like to do is for us to pray, and then we're going to sing a song. And then we got some gentlemen with the mics, and we'll allow them to hand that mic to you. And uh, all we're asking is you stand up, or you can sit down. But just raise your hand, you got a mic, okay? Father, again, thank you for the day. A day in which we, we gather, each day for us in the life of the Christian is to be a thankful person. There's so much for us to be, to be thankful for. Matter of fact, our ability not to give you praise is actually communicating that, that you're not praiseworthy. Your scripture tells us time and time again that there's a deliverance, there's a, there's a refuge, there's a protection, there is hope. There's, in the midst of life, there is, there's cause for us to, to, in everything to give thanks, to rejoice, and to give praise. And so, Spirit, I'm, I'm asking that you would have your way with those who love you, those who call upon the name of Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior, those who have been bought by the blood of Jesus, that in turn you would cause them to stand and give praise. May you receive our, our words from our, from our heart, Lord, as a testimony of your goodness and kindness to us. May we shout from the rooftops the mountaintops, that you are the King of kings and the Lord of lords. And so we love you, and we desire to give you praise and honor and glory. We pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you for listening to the Magic Valley Bible Church Sermon Podcast. For more information, please visit us on the web at www.mvbibletf.org or Facebook at facebook.com slash mvbible or YouTube at youtube.com slash mvbible.